0: This is Chuck. He attends church here at the JAR. One day, he invites his friend Bob to come to church with him. Bob attends the service, and he loves it, so he invites a couple of his friends, Melissa and John, to come with him. They attend a celebration and start bringing their families. Chuck also invites his friend Justin who starts bringing some of his friends and their families as well. This is Jen. Every day she eats lunch with her co-workers. So one afternoon, she invites Betty to come to the (laughs) job. Betty comes with her family and then she starts inviting her friends to church too. What would happen if each one of us was to invite someone we know to take a step closer to God? What if we all took a walk across the room? We do all this for your pleasure, so uh, we hope you enjoyed that. Well, good morning. My name is uh, Chris, and I'm the senior pastor here, and if you're visiting with us today, we're so grateful that you're with us. Next week, we will start uh, what the banner says there, just walk across the room. It'll be a four-week campaign, and we want to encourage everyone to be a part of that. If you have not received your book, it's free, so you don't have to pay for it. We just give it away. You can pick that up over at the Just Walk Across the Room uh, campaign table, and uh, there's some ways that they can help you do that. But make sure, if you haven't got your book yet, uh, that you do that uh, today. Also, last week, we had over 50 adults and children that were a part of our Second Mile Saturday. Every second Saturday, we're encouraging people to go a second mile to serve someone else. And last week, uh, we served the Muncie Mission. Uh, there were about 20 25 people that walked a mile uh, for the campaign uh, to help the homeless men in our community Brent close who uh, was the chairman of the campaign comes from our church and so we're excited about that and then on Sunday we had about 30 uh, people come together and they made a meal for uh, all the homeless men in the mission and um, I was just so excited to hear that. And so if you're one of the people who uh, walked or made food or did any of that, if you could just stand up for a second. Don't be shy. Let's give these folks a hand, okay? <laughs> and uh, I just want to thank you for being the hands and feet of Jesus and how proud I was as a pastor to, to see what kind of involvement we had there. Well, today we're going to conclude our series on figuring out your finances. Uh, last week, uh, Pastor Isaac uh, began by helping us kind of understand uh, how to begin that process. And today, I want to talk about what I think is one of the most severe diseases in our nation. And that disease is debt. You know, in uh, our culture, it's just based on instant gratification. By now... And what? Pay later. That's right. Millions and millions of people have bought into this and they're in debt. And some of you are sitting uh, beside folks who have done this. I just read some statistics this week that nationwide consumer debt, in other words, credit card debt, is $3 trillion, Not million, $3 trillion. And recently, the national uh, debt clock that's in New York City they ran out of space, and so they had to put the dollar sign with a one, because we're over $10 trillion in debt as a nation, and now they're making plans to add two more, and I think we have a picture there of it. You see the space to the left? That used to just have a dollar sign in it. Now it has a one, and they're going to add two more panels there because of that. Am I the only one, or is that kind of bizarre? You know, How can you just continue uh, to live that way? But we do. Um, today, I want to talk about how you personally can break out of your debt trap. You don't want to look like that, folks, in your own personal life. And you say, well, what is a debt trap? And why is debt a trap? Well, the reason why debt is a trap is because it enslaves you. It enslaves you. The Bible says this. The borrower is the servant of To the lender. Other translations say it's the slave to the lender. Folks, anytime you take out a loan, anytime you go into debt to someone or to somebody, when you make that decision, you become a slave or a servant, in a sense, to that person. You're obligated to them. And it becomes a very major trap that many of us can get caught in. Uh, they'll come a slide up on the screen. Uh, any of you ever received one of these before? You know how many I got this week? Five. Okay? I got five. It's an offer for a credit card. I started reading one of them, this particular one from Discover, and I got to admit, I kind of got hooked. And you know how? When it started off, Dear Christop, It's supposed to be Christopher, only my mom calls me Christopher, but they didn't even bother to put on the H-E-R, just Chris Top. Some of you are already thinking, man, I know what I'm going to call him now. (laughs) And I went on, and this is what it says, congratulations, you are among the preferred, select few, pre-approved for our most prestigious credit card. See, you guys didn't get one of these this week, just I did. You see, I am preferred. I'm prestigious. I am the select few. Not you guys, okay? Just me. And so it went on. This is is customized to meet all of your needs. Enjoy spending all you want. You have set the standard higher. And there's only one Discover Platinum that meets your needs. You deserve it. Now, whenever you see one of those ads, have you ever noticed that they never use one particular word that we're talking about today? And what's that word? Debt. They don't put that word in there, do they? Because debt's an uncomfortable word. You know, it's a, it's an unpleasant word. It's a word we just don't like to use. And so advertisers don't do that. And so they use words like this. You can have fun and friendship and future happiness. But you know what they're selling you? Debt. I looked up the word debt in a thesaurus this week. And here's some of the synonyms for it. To owe, to be obligated, liable, in deficit, in default, insolvent, encumbered. In over one's head, tied up, out of pocket, in arrears, indigent, paupered, destitute, penniless, needy, lacking, distressed in difficulty, a deadbeat. Having a wolf at your door living hand to mouth you can look it up yourself folks i'm not making this up beggarly emptied having seen better days gone to the dogs racked and ruined impoverished bad off hard up beaten down reduced to ruin fleeced stripped bereft bereaved reduced unable to make ends meet embarrassed broke and busted Now, if they put those words on these things, you'd have a second thought, wouldn't you? Like, if they put that as their advertising campaign, you'd think, you know, a second time before you went into it. Folks, what they're selling you is debt. And they're saying, we want you to be in debt to us. And debt's a dangerous thing. And so here at the beginning, I want to give you six signs, danger signs that you are either headed into the debt trap or you have already been entrapped by debt. So here's debt sign number one. Living on credit instead of cash. Living on credit instead of cash. Now, if you use credit to maintain your lifestyle, you're spending too much. If you use credit cards... To maintain your lifestyle, just your normal, everyday lifestyle, you're spending too much. The Bible says this. Don't withhold repayment of your debts. Don't say, some other time, if you can pay it now. In other words, folks, if you had the cash to pay it now, guess when you should pay it? Now! Don't put it off till the future. Don't put it on some credit account. Now... How do you know if you're living on credit? When the balance just keeps going up and up and up. If on your credit cards, the balance is just like, up, up and away! You're spending too much. you got to stop. There should be red flags, warning lights going, does not compute, does not compute, does not compute. You see... There are a couple of problems with living on credit. First of all, it shows a lack of contentment in your life. You can't wait. You can't be patient. You can't save. You want it now. It shows a lack of contentment. Second, it assumes that the future will be the same as the present. It assumes. There's a presumption that things are going to be the same in the future, so I can do it now. That's why we're in the situation as a nation that we're in today. It's because people just, they just kept on. Well, things are going to stay the same. Well, things don't stay the same. And we've all kind of bought into this horrible assumption that says, I can always pay it off tomorrow. Isn't that what they say? Man, the best day is when? Tomorrow. But folks, you might lose your job tomorrow. Some of you know what that's like. You've experienced that. You might be disabled tomorrow. You might have an accident tomorrow. The Bible says this, Do not boast about tomorrow, for you do not know what tomorrow will bring. Don't boast about it because you don't know. You know, I read a study this past week in which it said two people going into a department store, one using a credit card and one using cash, guess how much more the person using the credit card tends to spend? 23%. You know why? Because you take this little card out and you go, here. Because this isn't money. This is a card. You put down the money in front of you and all of a sudden you think about it differently. To pull out a credit card just doesn't seem like real money. Now before I go on, let's just admit it up front though, okay? I admit it. It's fun to spend money, isn't it? I mean, I love to spend money. I love to spend it Someone else's money. That's why we often think about a credit card, that it's someone else's money. It's not somebody else's money. It's your debt. But we like to do it. And it's fun. And it's almost like mainlining a, a drug into your veins because it feels so good and you're like, oh man, this is cool. But you're headed for a debt trap. Here's the second thing. Delaying payments or paying the minimum due. Delaying your payments or paying... The minimum due. If you're missing payments, if you're late on payments, if you are uh, paying the minimum on your credit card every single month, you are in a debt trap. If you find yourself constantly fighting and feeling tension about money, if you find yourself bouncing checks and having insufficient funds, if you're withdrawing money out of your 401k so that you can deal with Today's regular expenses, you're in a debt trap. And you need to be telling yourself, something's got to stop. I'm spending too much. I'm spending more than I make. The Bible says this, let no debt remain outstanding. Let no debt remain outstanding. Pay it off. Don't bounce it over until the next month, folks. Just do it now. Here's the third sign. You are, you are unable to give or save. You're unable to give or save. If you're not saving money, if you're not giving to God's church, you're spending too much money. The Bible says this, honor the Lord with your wealth and the first fruits of all your produce. Now, I know what some of you are thinking right now. Dude, you mean I can bring fruit in here? And just put it like in the bag when it passes by, first fruits. First fruit I buy, I'll just give it to the church. We don't want your stinking fruit, okay? Not that kind of fruit. When he says fruit, he's talking about your paycheck, what do you make. And God says, you just take whatever you decide to give, but that's the first thing you write out, to honor me. And we need to respond by saying, God, I want to honor you. You've given me so much. Even when things are horrible for you, folks, you're better than 95% of the rest of the world. You are. You're in the top 5%. And you want to say, God, I want to honor you. I want to obey you. I want to depend on you. I want to trust you. I want to show you how much I love you for taking care of my needs. If I'm not giving to God's church... What's happening is I'm dishonoring God because this is his church. It's not my church. I don't own it. And God takes that seriously. I mean, how do you expect God to ever bless your finances if you never give him anything? You're just holding it back, hoarding it for yourself. The Bible tells us this, the wise person saves for the future, but the foolish person spends whatever he or she gets. If you're not saving money, if you're not giving to God's church, you're just spending too much. And you need a radical change in your lifestyle. You need a radical overhaul of your budget. There should be warning signs that's going off going, this is not right. Right along with that is number four, unable to pay your taxes. Unable to pay your taxes. What day is tax day? Do you think it's going to come? Some of us think it isn't. We think, man, I'm just going to skip. Like when we get to 14, I'm just moving on over. 16th, I don't know what that day was. No, it's going to come. And it says to pay your taxes. Jesus said this, Give to Caesar what is Caesar's, and to God what is God's. If you can't pay your taxes, what that means is, you're spending too much. You're in a dad trap. Here's the fifth sign. Extravagant spending. Extravagant spending. Proverbs 21:17 says this. Indulging in luxuries, wine, and food will never make you what? What's it say? Wealthy. If you want to get wealthy, you can't indulge in luxuries, wine, and food. Now, last week, I was at the National Pastors Conference in San Diego. And just north of San Diego County is Orange County. You ever hear of Orange County, California? It's one of the most affluent counties in the entire nation. Luxuries and extravagant spending are just a way of life. Like, that's the norm. In fact, companies, they target this county with catalogs and all kinds of things with ridiculously unnecessary and unneeded items. I mean, most of the people in the county uh, already have everything they need. So, you know, as a company, how do you help them to spend? Well, what you do is you find something ridiculous that they don't have, and then you just lie about it. I was reading a catalog Uh, We spent some time north of San Diego. And uh, this was one of the things that was selling that I thought was interesting. I wanted to share with you this. A $300 nose hair remover. $300 nose hair remover. And you know what I thought? I thought, man, i got to confess. I thought, I'm going to make some money. What I'm going to do, I'm going up to Orange County. I'm going to, like, get a table. Just put it out, you know, somewhere, Huntington Beach, whatever. And I'm just going to sit there and I'm going to show people how they can do that a lot cheaper. And as people walk by, you know, I do that. And I said, Jennifer, wouldn't this be great? And Jennifer said, No, we're not doing that. But, you know, Jennifer's on call today, so I thought I would show you guys up close. Are you ready? No, I'm not going to do it. But folks, I mean, who really needs a $300 booger picker? Can I say booger? I guess I already did, you know. Here's the point. Extravagant spending doesn't just stop in Orange County. It happens in Delaware County, too. Now, I'm going to meddle here just for a little bit, so you just might as well know it's coming some of you don't need the brand new car or the leased car that you have right now you know why because it's dumb every time you get a new car or you lease a car it's like you're throwing money away and you want know you need to do if you're in debt you need to sell that car get out of the lease whatever you can do and get a nice used car you want to know a place that can give you a good deal for a used car come talk to me because that's where i get my cars every car i've ever had is a used car Here's the second thing. Some of you have a big screen TV. Maybe you have more than one. You don't need it. I got a little 35 inch TV. Not little, that's pretty big compared to some people maybe. But for me, I got it from my neighbor. Five years ago. My neighbor got a big screen TV. He said, man, this TV doesn't even work anymore. You know what I did with that TV? I had to get Isaac to help me. But we got it. We got this big old TV. We went to a TV repair place and said, they say this doesn't work. He said, no problem. $75. Plugged it in. I got me a new TV. Brought it back. All right. I better stop because then I'll get in trouble. I know some of you already are. Giving me the evil eye, I can tell who you are. (laughs) All right, folks, just because you have the money, or you can get the credit, it doesn't mean that you need to buy something. That's just stupid. When you buy things just because you can afford it, watch out, because you're headed for a debt trap. When you buy things that you don't need with money that you don't have, it just doesn't make sense. The Bible says you don't get wealthy that way. Here's the last kind of danger sign. And this might surprise some of you. Here it is. If you're always looking for a get quick or get rich quick idea. If you're always looking for a get rich quick idea. If you're looking for a get rich quick idea, you're either in debt right now, And you're trying to get out of debt all at once. Or you're headed into debt and that get quick rich idea is only going to do what? Put you in more debt. The Bible says this. Run from get rich quick schemes. Didn't really say that, but it's close enough. Steady plotting brings posterity. Hasty speculation brings poverty just get away from them when you're in debt you know what you're the most person ripe for these get rich quick ideas con artist comes business scam they plop you down some money and they go man you could do this i guarantee when they say that you might as well just walk away but you won't i guarantee man dude you know six months a year I can, like, double or triple your money. And we get sucked into it. I remember a friend of mine, he was already in debt a few years ago, and a guy came up to him and said, Man, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to start a fruit basket business. It was in November, and, uh, you know, he said, We're going to do this. And they they used my dad's church to do this scheme. And they had fruit baskets. And in November, it went great. You know, Thanksgiving, people want a fruit basket. No problem. December, what do you buy for Christmas? Fruit baskets. Even after the first of the year, fruit baskets. But then Valentine's Day comes, and do people buy fruit baskets for your Valentine? Not unless you're a fruit. A fruit cake. And you know what happened? Two years later, that business went under. And my friend lost his entire 401k over a fruit basket. The fruit basket, fruit cake man, (laughs) took my friend's hard-earned fruit. Now, I know there are some of you that you are waiting to win the lotto. The jackpot lotto. Not just any lotto, jackpot. But you know what? You have a more likely chance for a meteor to come and hit you in in the head than you have to win the jackpot lotto. In fact, I read a magazine article that was talking about the way that you could do this. The odds are more likely that you will go to the moon before you win the lotto. People are starting to do that, you know, now. Wasn't it one of the boy bands, New Kids on the Block? Hanging tough? I'm going to the moon. You know what I mean? Like, but see, you, that's dumb, right? Why put your hard-earned money towards something that isn't going to bring you anything? The Bible says that's foolish. And don't go to the gambling capital of the world. Lost wages. <laughs> I've been wanting to use that all week. I'm sorry. That's good. I don't care what you say. Lost wages? The Bible says just don't do it. Just don't do it. Lost wages says do it. Bible says don't. The Bible also says this. Dreaming instead of doing is foolishness. Now, I'm going to be very sensitive right now and realize that some of you right now are in a financial situation. And which you're going, man, I don't see any light at the end of the tunnel. There's no way I could ever get out of debt. I mean, Chris, I'll show you the papers of exactly where we're at. And you know what? It probably does seem impossible for you. In fact, as I've said these six things, some of them will probably hit you in the face if you're really big in debt and you're like, man, that's me. And I'll agree from a human standpoint, you can't do it on your own. But there is a way out, and I'm going to share with that uh, with you right now. And it's God's financial plan for your life. And it works, folks. You do this, and you stick with it, you'll get out of debt. And I'm, I'm, I'm not sharing this stuff with you because I want to give another teaching on money. I'm doing it because it works. And I've seen people get freed up because they've chosen to do some of these steps. So for the rest of our time, we're going to look at six steps of how to get out of the debt trap. Now, I know some of you right now are looking at your little program, and you're going, 12-point teaching? Ugh, how much longer are we going to be here, bunch? You know? So this is my little thing for you. We have 12 points this week. Next week, the teaching will be pointless. You know? (laughs) All right, let's dig in. You guys ready? Okay, number one. Commit to become debt free. When? Now! In fact, look to the person beside you and just tell them, now! Now, Now. okay? Wow, it sounds like cats. Now, ah, you know? (coughs) But now, not tomorrow, not next week, not next year, not next month, commit to being debt free. Now, and it always starts with a commitment. The Bible says this, Commit to the Lord whatever you do, and your plans will succeed. If you commit to becoming debt-free now, and you work at it, you'll become debt-free. Now, it's not going to be easy. It's going to take some time. It's going to take effort, energy, because it's always much easier what? To get into debt or out of debt? Get in, right? It's always much easier that. So, it's going to take commitment to get out of debt. It's going to take courage. It's going to take discipline. It's going to take delayed gratification. I'm not going to gratify everything right now. But most of all, folks, it's going to take character. Character in your life. Friends, any fool can get into debt. Believe me, I know. I was there 13 years ago. A foolish man in debt. And it takes character to get out of it. So my question for you this morning is, how much character do you have? Are you just going to walk away and say, that's not my responsibility, it's someone else's. Or are you going to take it on? One of my friends, he often, you know, will look at me and if I'm complaining about something or, you know, struggling with something, he'll just say, man up. You got a man up or woman up. You decide. And you just say, you know what, God, I got myself into this but you show me how to get out of it. Help me to do that. It's not going to be easy because nobody just drifts into debt. You know what I mean? No one drifts into it. You make choices. And you wake up and uh, you realize you're in debt. Believe me, you're not going to wake up one morning and you're going to see all of your credit card debt and go, it's all zeros. Oh my gosh, how'd that happen? The only way that will ever happen is if you choose to say, I'm going to get out of debt. It starts with a commitment. Here's the second thing that will help you get out of this debt trap. First, start paying God and myself first. You start paying God and myself first. Now, I know last week Pastor Isaac started by talking with you guys about a, the biblical plan that God kind of has uh, for us. It's called the ten ten eighty plan. And we'll talk about that here in just a second. Now, I know some of you right now are saying, Chris, I cannot afford to give to God or to save money. And you know what I'm going to tell you this morning? You can't afford not to. You can't. The Bible says this, I am the Lord all-powerful, and I challenge you to put me to the test. You know, this is the only place in the entire Bible where God says, test me. Only place. He says, put me to the test bring the entire 10% into the storehouse so there will be food in my house then i will open up the windows of heaven and flood you with blessing after blessing so that's his first number that we're talking about 10% in the bible what they refer to that is called a tithe that's why if you've ever heard that before that's just a word that means 10% 10% well this means that when you get your t- your paycheck the first 10%, the first person you pay is the one who's given you everything because everything you have belongs to God. And so you give to him and to his church. You never miss. And the Bible teaches us that when we honor God first with the first 10% of our giving, that he just kind of sets in motion a series of divine blessings in our life. He says if you do this, when things are going tough in your life, all supernaturally... Work in your life to help you with your finances. God's divine blessing. Now, my wife Jennifer and I, when we first got married, and some of you have heard this before, but until we're all doing it, I'm never going to stop teaching on it. When we first got married, uh, we looked at this plan and we went like this. That's a good plan for somebody out there. And so what we decided was, man, we can't do ten so what we did was we did 50 the second one saving, we didn't save anything. 5095. And we prayed about it and we said, God, if you will if you will help us, we promise every single year after we first start, we'll increase our giving by 1% until we get to 10. We started 5, maybe you'll Use two, three, four, whatever. But every year, God, we promise that we will increase it by 1%. And what happened was, five years later, when we got to 10%, I was like, man, we reached it. But, folks, this is where God wants us to be. He doesn't say you just stay there. And so what we did was we kept praying, God, if, if you bless us financially, we'll just keep on increasing. And that's what we've done For our entire marriage, every year, we've increased from that first time for 15 years, 1% of our giving to God and His church. Now, I want to confess something. Uh, We have a daughter, Jordan, and now we're getting ready to have a second child. And when January came, and it usually happens in January, I sat down and I thought, God, give me a break. Got two kids coming, or one kid, not two, thanks. Thanks for that, God. Okay, one kid coming, but two kids all together, okay? And um, I was like, God, you know, I mean, I, I think we're pretty good, you know? I mean, like, we've increased that 1% each year. You know, we're, we're, we're doing okay there. And, and I had friends, Christian friends. They came up and said, Bunch, man, you're doing fine. Look how much you're already given. I was like, yeah. And then I was praying one day. Oh, God, you know, I'm this one. And I just sense God saying this. Do you trust me or do you trust your money? You know, and I said, I trust you. And so we increased, again, this year by 1%. And I'll tell you the reason I do that, and I've done it every year, is because I'm not going to ask you guys to do anything that I'm not doing myself. And so we just did it and uh, felt convicted to do that. And folks, in saying this, all I'm saying is I understand the temptation not to do that. I've been there. I've done it, you know. I felt that way in January. But I'm just telling you, you just can't realize when you do this, how much he really blesses your life in that area. In fact, the weirdest thing, just got this this week, Uh, Jennifer's employer sent us an email. We had gone in to talk about our finances and what it would look like and they sent us an email and this is what it said dear Chris and Jen after my review of uh, Jen's uh, wages I predict that you will have a substantial bonus at the end of the year thanks Brian And I was like I'm not thanking Brian Brian didn't do anything for me except switch a few numbers I mean thanks Brian for doing that but I'm thinking God and why would I even question it because once again he showed himself to be faithful You want to get out of debt? God says you honor me. Here's the second thing. The second piece right here, which many of us struggle with as well, and that is saving. Saving. Pay yourself. You deserve it, folks. The Bible says this. Those who work deserve their pay. You worked hard. You showed up for work. You put in the long hours. You used your time and abilities and talents. Then pay yourself. Take 10% or work. At it and start paying yourself. Put it into some kind of investment fund and let it make money for yourself. Now, this isn't a mad money account, you know what I mean? Or one of those accounts for a rainy day. It's not a vacation account. It's an account where you put money and you say, I'm just going to leave it, I don't touch it. You know, there are millions of people who uh, work 30, 40, 50 years of their life and they get to the end of their work life and they don't have anything to show for it. You know why? They never paid themselves. They just spent the money. They didn't pay themselves. They just paid everybody else. Now, I told you, when Jen and I first got married, this was what we were doing. 5095. Two years after that, we were at uh, seven. 0.93. Zero 0.93. And my father-in-law, who's a financial advisor, came up and he said, you saving for anything? I went, yeah, saving for tomorrow. He said, no, 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 I mean long-term. I said, long-term, dude, I'm just trying to make it now. You need to do something. You know what Jenna and I did? We did this. We did 7.192. And what we said was we would increase that 1% until we got to 10 and that's what we've done. Now, I'm so grateful that that happened, because when this financial storm came, I lost 50% of my retirement. But you know what? I have left 50%. And the reality is, folks, I know some of you, you look at numbers that you have in your own, and you're like, oh, man, this But you know what? If you look at the stock market for the past 50 years, it's returned 10%. And God, if we're faithful to Him, He'll help us in different ways with that. So start somewhere. Now, I'm going to give you just a couple of examples of how this could work. Let's say that you're 25 years old. We have people here who are 25. And you're making $20,000. And let's say that you do the 10-10-10. 80 plan and you do that for 20 years after 20 years how much is that 25 year old going to give to the church for those of you who aren't math folks $40,000 you know how much God would be celebrating big time and if you put the 10% into some type of investment fund that gives you 10% and I know it's not 10% now but it will be again this is what you would have made at the age of 45. $121,000. How many 45-year-olds do you know have $121,000 in their banking account? Not very many. Now let's say that you're older and you don't get into this until you're 35. But let's say at age 35 you don't make 20000 you make 30000 But you get no Increase in your pay. You get no, nothing at all for 20 years. After 20 years, how much money would they have been able to give to Christ and the church? 60000 And if you did that compound-wise with a 10% yield investment, guess how much you'd have in your little nest egg? $241,000. Okay? Now, I know that some of you, you guys make a little bit more than that. So let's say you make 60000 and you're 45, and you do that for 20 years. At the end of that, how much would you have given to the church? $120,000. Do you think God would look at that and go, eh, not very good enough? No. He'd be very proud. And do you know what you would make off of a yield? And I'm just telling you this, folks. Compound interest is your friend when you're not in debt. Guess what compound interest is when you are in debt? It kills you. Just switch all of those numbers around, folks, and that's what happens. It's simple, the 10-10-80 plan. And you might have to do a variation of it. Maybe you do 2-2-96, and you say, that's the best I can do. 3-3-94. You know, whatever it is, and you just say, God, help me to do this, and he'll do it. He really will. Folks, the plan works as a great payoff. I just showed that. Here's number three in getting out of debt. Set up a repayment plan. Set up a repayment plan. You will never get out of debt accidentally. You just won't. It must be intentional. The Bible says, "God, good planning and hard work lead to prosperity. Good planning and hard work lead to prosperity. If you want to be prosperous, you've got to have a good plan. Not just any plan. That's why some of us are in debt. we got a plan. It just isn't a good plan. Now, to do it right, some of you might have to find a financial counselor, someone that's going to hold you accountable to it. You're like, well, I don't even know what you're talking about, plans and all that. Dude, I'm just trying to do paycheck to paycheck. That's all I'm trying to live right now. Well, you don't have to live that way. God can help you with that. That's why the Bible says this. Get advice if you want your plans to work. Get advice. Now, if you had cancer... Would you go down to Mexico, to the doc in the box, to the guy who goes, Oh, come on in. No. You'd go to the best oncologist that you could, that you could afford, and maybe couldn't afford if you had cancer. Well, in the same way, if you're in deep debt right now, and some of you know who I'm talking to, if you're in deep debt, you need a financial planner. You need someone who'll help you. You don't need someone who's going to sell you a product of how to get you out of debt. You need somebody who's going to have an objective view, who will sit across the table with you, look at you face-to-face, and help you with a repayment plan. One of the smartest things that Jennifer and I ever did was, not this, but we got our heads head over heel in credit card debt in our second year of marriage. And I'll never forget that day that I could not pay the balance off. And some of you know what I mean. And I got to that point and I was like, man, I need some help. And I asked a friend of mine who was an accountant, and he set me down, had this lege, uh, ledger pad, and we wrote down all the different things. And he said, this is the only way you're going to be able to get out of debt. And we looked at the entertainment kind of space that he had, and I said, now, is that correct? Is that for a week or a day or a month? He goes, it's a month. It's a month plan. You know what that number was? Ten bucks. Ten bucks a month. You know what we'd do? We went down to the Pizza King in Flora, Indiana. We ordered a medium pizza and two pops. It was $9 and something. I don't know. And you know what we'd do? Church people would come up and we'd say, please don't bother us right now. We are eating our entertainment. (laughs) And we did that forever. And you know what we did? And if you have friends that are a little more financially off, we just kind of bummed off of them for about two years. You know, like you go to a restaurant and you're like, you know, they're like, oh, we'll pay. And we've never argued. We're just like, <laughs> good, you know. But I'm so grateful for that guy. Some of you need a financial expert. And in your program, there are some websites. And if you need help, call the church office. We'll help you with that. Number four, this might be the most difficult. No new debt. You just don't add to your debt no new debt you don't do it most of you got into debt for one reason you spent more than you made in fact i'd say all of you did you've got to stop that right now not tomorrow right now you'll never get out of debt if you keep putting your payments on a credit card that you're trying to pay off it's not going to happen so you have to be ruthless in this area Two years ago, in our financial series, we only do one a year, so if you're new, you're like, oh, man, great, I showed up for today. Okay, we only do it once a year. I had people at the end of the celebration come up, and any credit card that they could not pay off the balance, I invited them to cut it up, cut it in half. And um, I'll give you the guys that opportunity here in just a couple of minutes. But eight people took me up on that that week. And then I took all those credit cards, I put them in aluminum foil, some of you might remember this, I put it in my oven, preheated for 400 degrees, baby, and when 8 o'clock came, I told everybody who did that, we'd just dance. And I'm dancing, you know, and my wife's like, what is going, don't you remember, oh gosh bunch, could you just quit doing that kind of stuff? Chris, you're embarrassing, you know. And we did, we danced. The only problem I didn't take into account was the toxic fumes that started coming. Luckily, we didn't have any kids or, you know, Jordan would probably have some real issues more than she has just being, you know, my, my daughter. But I'm going to give you that same opportunity here in just a second. Just cut them up. You can't pay the balance? You just say, I'm going to cut it up. Jesus said this, if your right hand causes you to sin, what? Cut it off. Now, Jesus isn't, you know, kind of... Um, Encouraging self-mutilation here. That's not it. He's talking about plastic surgery for us. So, you can go home and you can tell all your friends that your pastor said, yep, he said I could have plastic surgery. This plastic. Cut it up. Surgically take care of it. You know, credit cards aren't bad. I have two of them. Jennifer and I do. But... If you don't do these things, you got to get rid of them. If you can't pay it off every month, if the things that you put on the credit card aren't in your budget, and then the first time you can't make the balance payment, you cut it up. The key to no new debt, the Bible says, is to be content with what you have. Jesus put it this way, be content with your pay. You know, people always tell me, man, if I just worked more, if I had more overtime, I think I'll get a second job, you know, third job. No, the issue is never how much money you make. It's how much money you spend. Here's the fifth thing. Share my plan with my creditors. Share my plan with my creditors. Folks, if you want to get out of debt, you just got to be honest. Look yourself in the mirror and tell God, God... This is the situation. Tell yourself and then tell the people you owe money to. I can't tell you how many people just don't do this. They never write to the credit card company. They don't call. They don't do anything. And I just encourage you that if you're a follower of Christ, you just write or say, you know, hey, I'm a Christian. I don't want to stiff you, but I can't pay it off right now. But this is what I can pay. And if you keep putting more and more interest on me, you know, I just can't do that. And not every credit card company is going to go, oh, okay, but many of them will. In fact, I've talked to a lot of small business owners who are here in the jar. And the thing that I hear from them more often than not is people don't pay them. And they said if they would just call me and say, you know what, all I can do is $20 a month, I'd be fine with it. But you got to do something. So don't stiff credit card companies, but especially people in this community, if you owe them something, don't stiff them. Pay him up. Be honest. And the Bible says if you do that, when your ways please the Lord, He will make enemies into friends. Enemies into friends. Here's the last thing. Stick with the plan. Stick with the plan. Stick with the plan. A year, two, three, four, whatever it takes, you stick with the plan. The Bible says this, let us not get tired of doing what is right. For after a while, we will reap a harvest of blessing if we don't get discouraged and give up. I know, I've been there. Getting out of debt takes discipline and effort and sacrifices and energy and time. I know that, but you guys can do it. You can't. Two years ago, a woman in our church by the name of Cindy Martin was sitting in the exact place where some of you are sitting now when it comes to your financial struggles. She was in debt. In fact, she was $10,000 in consumer debt. And I was talking to her yesterday. She was at the financial seminar that we had called Living Financially Free. And if next time we offer it, You need to go to it because it's worth everything. I learned tons of things yesterday. But she said when I taught on it, she was working in the children's area. And she said, I heard, heard, you know, that people said, oh, they were cutting up credit cards. And she's like, I'm going to get the CD just to figure out what he talked about. And she said, she listened to the CD and then she said, man, I'm so glad I was in the children's area. You know, like I didn't have to worry about it. I do not have to do anything. But she said the whole week, the Holy Spirit, God's Spirit, was telling her, Cindy, you got to get this taken care of. you got to get it taken care of. And I'll never forget it. The next Sunday, she walked up to me and she gave me an envelope. I'm like, okay, what's this? And she said, that's my credit card. I just cut it up this week, and I went out. And then she put a plan together, and this is what she did, folks. She got rid of her cable TV, the Internet, and her home telephone. She decided that she could rent movies at the library for free, and so she started doing that. She sold plasma at BioLife Center, and she took any overtime that she possibly could take to get the debt paid off. And Cindy has paid off much of her debt, and she's experiencing freedom that two years ago she didn't have. And you know what? It all began with a simple walk from a seat that you're sitting at today to one of these little buckets to take this little card right here and take some scissors and just cut it up. And if you're in a debt trap today, I want to encourage you to cut it up. The first step out of debt is you to walk up here to cut it up and say, that's it. And then seek help to have a plan by somebody who will help you deal with your money and do it well. And I just want, the reason I left this little plastic thing on there, the the top thing, you know what's going to happen, right? You're going to cut it up. And then they're going to start noticing that you aren't spending money. And this is what it says. To activate your card, please go to this website or call this number and you can get it going. And you know what we're going to do today for some of you? We're just going to say we activated it and we deactivated it. And every time you get one, You just do that. So this is what's going to happen. I'm going to pray. You guys are going to be gone. Thanks for hanging in there a little bit later. And you can come up here and you can throw anything in. And then at 8 o'clock tonight, I'm going to put them all in a uh, little aluminum foil. But I'm not going to put them in my oven. I got some wood out. We're going to put it in the fireplace. And it's going to just blow up. And if you're like, identity theft, I'm worried about. It. Folks, I've seen these things. Once they burn, if they can figure out your identity from that, you come to me and you can live in my house if they take everything, all right? But uh, some of you, you know, this isn't a joke. You know, it, it's painful. I know, I've been there. But no one's going to tell you to do it except yourself. Let's stand for closing prayer. God, we thank you so much for taking care of our moral indebtedness. When you allowed your son Jesus to come to earth, he took every single sin, every sin in this room today that we have committed, we are committing, or we will commit in the future. He said, you come to me and the debt is paid clean, wiped clean. God, if we never received any other financial gift from you, that alone is well worth the payment of having a relationship with your son, Jesus. But God, today for some of us, we're in a debt trap or we're headed into one. And we're choosing today your financial plan. God, give us the strength to take those steps. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Have a great week. Know you're loved in this place. Scissors are up here. Feel free.